Joining us now in our studios is Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hill. And Matt, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Happy New Year to you and all of our listeners. A beautiful day here on Division Street in downtown Northfield. How was your Christmas? uh, I know it was cold and snowy, and the the plans had to change a few, uh, a couple of times, and we'll get to that in just a moment or so, but was Christmas good? Yeah, it was a it was a unique Christmas for our family, but delightful nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Well, you're here on uh, the, the holiday break. I don't oh, know yeah. if you normally get much of a holiday break. I, I try to take some time over the holidays, okay. just because you know it's a good time to recharge, and of course, uh, you know we need to be well rested. We've got a lot of things coming up after the beginning of the new year, and you know we really encourage all of our students and our staff to uh, just relax for a little bit and recharge and we've got a lot of work to do after January 2nd. Yeah you really hit the ground running uh, in early January. Let's backtrack a week I'd mentioned some uh, you had to rearrange some things and one was a school board meeting we had a uh, you know the the bomb cyclone I guess is what we're calling it but uh, nevertheless uh, the school board meeting uh, that was scheduled for last week was canceled but you did make it up uh, yesterday. Correct. So we had a special meeting scheduled for uh, a week ago, Jeff, for the purposes of our annual audit, something that's required, of course, under Minnesota law. But as uh, we know that uh, we all heard, there was a blizzard uh, warning that was going to coincide with our meeting time. And so um, just to make sure that everyone was safe, we try not to tell people to travel in a blizzard, right? So uh, we rescheduled the meeting for yesterday morning at 10 a.m. And so Craig Popenhagen, who is a principal with Clifton Larson Allen. Clifton Larson Allen is the audit firm that we've used for several years. Um, They complete audits for hundreds of school districts across the country and around 40 or 45 school districts here in Minnesota. Uh, So we did, of course, live stream the um, board meeting yesterday and the recording will be posted on the website uh, either today or sometime uh, later this week or early next week after the holiday. So folks who are interested, it's it's actually a, a short shorter presentation than as part of a typical board meeting. So it's something I encourage people to watch because there's really a lot of affirmation for the great work that Northfield Public Schools does for our taxpayers and for our community in related to how we manage um, our finances and how our administration manages the finances. Yeah, and let's talk about that. Uh, we were talking off here. You got a very pleased with the report, just a, a, a glowing report of uh, the way things are done. Northfield has a, uh, a good history uh, as far as the counting practices and the things they look for in audit. Very good history. And this is, I, did you, have you ever got like a perfect 10? Would this be the first time? <laughs> So what I would say is that um, what we I'll, I'll go through the results first. So this is what's called a clean audit. So for the uh, financial people on the airwaves, you understand that what that means. It's a clean audit um, that the financial statements were fairly stated. That's the technical terminology. They judge a number of different things like internal control over financial reporting, making sure you have enough of a division of duties, if you will, to make sure that they're Um, isn't the same person touching the same record a a bunch of times. There were no deficiencies found in internal control. There's a compliance matter. So they they review a number of things related to law, regulations, contracts, and grants, you know, that could have significant financial implications for the district. Uh, No compliance issues noted. Um, Compliance issues regarded by the single audit, which we'll talk about in a minute, no findings. And there were no findings in Minnesota legal uh, compliance. And so, this um i this is not it is a it's basically close to a perfect 10 we'll never say it's a perfect 10 there's a lot of records right but um it's as close to that as you can get 
And you're right. Uh, in fact, Craig Popenhagen from Clifton Larson Allen said just a handful of their school districts each year get uh, a completely clean audit like we did. Uh, and But this has become commonplace. This is something that has become very regular if you look at our audits over the last several years to have very minimal or no findings uh, over time. And it's a real testament to the systems that our finance department has put in place. Val Murdestorf, who is our director of finance, is world-class. She is outstanding, a great relationship builder, and an even better systems builder. And the team that she has, Mary Zek, Jerry, uh, Jackie Dulac, um, Lisa Bethke, and Andrea Nelson-Walker, you know, that's a small team for about a $62 million budget, right, in terms of in the finance department. And then, of course, all the administrative assistants in our school buildings, so, you know, people like Lori Christofferson, you know, Amy Stowe, um, Renee Malika, um, Jesse Hipsch, um, and, uh, and uh, Amy Truman now at Spring Creek. These are the people who make sure that all of the records are appropriately coded and they work together very closely to make sure that um, we are spending the money uh, as it is intended and in a way that uh, complies with the law. So this is pretty impressive, and it's even more impressive when you think that Craig uh, shared with us that our district spends about 6.3% last year on administrative or pupil support. Um, that's very efficient is what Craig said, and that's compared to roughly 8 to 10% um, that most districts spends on that administrative or pupil support. So what that means is that we're getting these really great results with a very efficient administrative system. So why is that important? Because that means that 81% of last year's expenditures were dedicated to instruction or pupil support directly to the classroom. And uh, in the mid-2000s, that was a big deal in Minnesota government to make sure at least 80% of your expenditures were directly to the classroom. So this is a report uh, that our community can be proud of, and we should all be proud of the hard work that Val and her finance team and all of those administrative assistants and all of our school buildings do to make sure that every uh, every cent is put in the correct place uh, to the best of our ability. Once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us. Uh, and congratulations to all those involved. You mentioned a lot of hardworking individuals who are doing a great job, so we certainly appreciate that. Uh, the audit, is this on a, a fiscal year, a, uh, a you know, like June to June, like the school year, or is this the end of uh, the audit per- period? What what is the period for that? School district audits or school district fiscal years run from July first to June thirtieth. Mm-hmm. So we close the books on June thirtieth, and like a lot of other governmental agencies, it takes some time to do the audit. And the auditing was a, a bit delayed this year for all school districts in Minnesota. Um, because of this infusion of federal funding that we have had over the last few years, uh, commonly referred to as COVID relief funding. And so um, think about that, that you know, there was over $6 million in federal funds, um, all of which have very specific rules and zero findings. It's, it's, uh, it's not a miracle because the systems are in place to make sure that those things happen you know, from our district all the way up to the state, uh, but it is, it is impressive for sure. Let's talk about that COVID funding for just a moment or so, uh, because you mentioned we've talked about that for the last two and a half years or so, uh, that uh, they do have some very specific purposes for those. Uh, Can you give us a few examples of uh, where that money was spent and how that money was spent? I'd be delighted, Jeff, and I really appreciate you asking the question because I know across the nation and on social media and even locally here, uh, there's a narrative from time to time about... um, well, schools have all this money uh, because of all the COVID relief funding, and there's sometimes a perception 
uh, that schools have you know either not spent it and are asking for more money when they don't need it or they've wasted it. Um, I can't talk about all the schools across the country, but what I can talk about is here in Northfield, first of all, we were required to have an approved plan before we received any reimbursement from any of the COVID relief funding. So some of the programs were very specific. You can only spend it, for example, on after-school programs to help students catch up uh, after some pandemic learning loss. There were other things that were far more flexible to be able to use for things like budget stabilization. So um, school districts just couldn't squirrel this money away or they couldn't just, in Minnesota, they couldn't just um, whittle it away on on things that people might not consider to be uh, useful. So we had to have an approved plan from the state before getting any reimbursement. Here are some of the kinds of things that we used our COVID relief money for. Um, Number one, uh, we all know about uh, the mental health issues that we're hearing uh, in the headlines lately. So our school board put quite a bit of additional resources towards student mental health by hiring additional school counselors. Uh, We've shared before that in the depths of the pandemic, our uh, district's award-winning self-funded health insurance program had some increased costs. And so the board did contribute some of our COVID relief funding to help stabilize our health insurance premiums to make sure that our uh, school employees who are doing remarkable work during this very difficult time uh, in all of our lives didn't have an additional uh, financial issue in their home because of premiums going up. Um, We did a lot of work on backfilling our budget due to our declining enrollment, which I'll talk about in just a moment, um, but to make sure that we could keep class sizes smaller. We had a, a group of over 75 people, Jeff, you know, who came together last year to talk about the school budget. We used a quite a bit of the school district's COVID relief dollars to do that. We also, of course, paid for all the COVID-related expenses. You know, it's it's we sometimes are forgetting pretty quickly, but things like the custodial overtime, right, to make sure that all of the buildings were cleaned even more regularly, additional equipment so we could be more efficient uh, in cleaning, the cleaning solution, all of the other personal protective equipment uh, that we needed to run, substantially increased substitute costs. Those are just some of those things. Then there were some other buckets that were required. You could only spend it on certain things. And so one was for after-school programming, as you know, Jeff, we have a uh, renowned community school program at Greenvale Park, which offers evening programs to families and students. We were able to replicate that and expand that to uh, Spring Creek and to Bridgewater as a result of these COVID relief funds. And we're going to be able to fund that for two years. And then finally, we have nearly 60 staff members who are participating in something called the Language Essentials for Teachers of Reading and Spelling. This is high quality training in the science of reading. So it's pedagogical training. It's how do I teach reading? It's not a curriculum. It's some specific things about how we teach reading that aligns with a number of the things that have been in the news lately. So to review, COVID funding was explicit. We had to be very explicit. Um, We have used it for things like supporting student mental health, making sure we could weather the pandemic and get through it to the best of our ability, uh, and then, of course, trying to have some budget stabilization. Since 2018-19, Jeff, as predicted, right, for almost a decade we've seen a decline of 190 students, right? If you look at the audit report that was issued yesterday, we're down 190 students from the 2018-19 year. This was predicted. This is a result of lower birth rates. We just have larger graduating classes than incoming kindergarten classes. And uh, we are still a winner in traditional open enrollment, right? We bring in more students from other traditional public school districts than we send to them. But when you take 190 students and you think about that revenue, how much revenue we ha- less revenue we have now compared to 2018-19, that's nearly $2 million a year. Now, 190 students, well, you can cut a bunch of teachers or staff members for that. 
Well, 190 students across 4,000 students doesn't make enough of a dent where you are able to dramatically reduce overhead. So this is the kind of, um, we have a great audit report. We know that we are good stewards of our, our finances, but this also lays out some of the challenges that we and other Minnesota school districts will face ahead. Yeah, and let's talk about that because uh, we're, we're turning the page into the new year, but uh, we're only halfway through the school year. Your fiscal year will end uh, in July or the end of June. Uh, so you've got now, I'm sure you're working on uh, budgets and uh, looking at forward. We saw last uh, last cycle that there were some budget cuts and you had to take some things into consideration. What is the, uh, what's the outlook for this, this time? So we are still projecting, we, we are projecting that we, um, well, our final audit report should we finished a little bit worse than we had projected for last year. So rather than around 14% fund balance, we had about 12.9%. Now, that's still great compared to a lot of schools. In fact, if you listen to Craig yesterday, he'll, he'll say we're in very good financial shape. But this is the old Wayne Gretzky adage, uh, Jeff. you got to skate to where the puck is going to be, mm-hmm. right, not to where it is now. And we know that the declining enrollment, that 190 students that we lost, nearly $2 million less in revenue, coupled with years of state chronic, under, chronic state underfunding, um, is going to continue to put pressure on our school district. Uh, that declining enrollment, every student that we uh, don't replace when the student graduates, that puts pressure on our budget. So we do project that there will be additional budget reductions. Our goal is to be able to use the COVID uh, stabilization to lobby the legislature to make sure that they use a significant portion of the $17 billion surplus, $17 billion to be able to help schools who have been chronically underfunded for the last at least 30 years and to be able to have a soft landing to what is our new normal with the number of students that we are going to have. We will continue to make the hard decisions put the dollars where they're most uh, useful in terms of in our classroom, continue to be as efficient as we can with our administration. But less students simply means less revenue, which means we have less opportunities to be able to invest in our students. So um, if people are listening and they are so inclined, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to add you to our legislative action committee who plans to really uh, do some good work this year with the Minnesota legislature. And let, let's talk about the legislature for a minute. Yeah, it's going to be interesting an interesting year there in that uh, with redistricting, we have a lot of first-year representatives and senators. Uh, the districts have uh, changed a little bit, uh, so the people they represent may be a little bit different group. You've got $17 billion in, in uh, surplus. There are going to be a lot of people lobbying, a lot of different groups up at Capitol Hill this year, pleading their case to have a share, you know, little cut of the pie. Uh, as far as lobbying efforts from the education industry, uh, and, and you on a uh, personal level, are you involved with that? Do you see firsthand? Do you, how does that whole lobbying effort work, and how do you stand out in a big crowd? That's a great question, Jeff. And as you know, I'm the current president of the Minnesota Association of School Administrators. So that's the state superintendents and other central office administrators professional association. So I've been heavily involved in creating the um, organization's platform and what we are asking the legislature to consider. First start all of these kinds of discussions with reminding people that the Minnesota state constitution requires the legislature to do only two things. A uniform system of schools and roads, right? When you think about what the legislature is required to fund in the Constitution, there are two things, schools and roads. So we always start with that, and that's why there's so much of the state budget that does go to education. 
Uh, the second part is if we look back over the last 30 years, um, in the last probably nine months, people have become hyper aware of inflation. How many times on this show have I talked about inflation, Jeff? Mm-hmm. It's not been just the last nine months. No. And so when we go back 30 years, if we were to adjust the per pupil basic formula, that's the amount of money that each school district gets for each student. That's the base formula. You'd have to increase that formula, today's formula, by $1,600. It's currently around over a little more than 6700 or so per student from the, directly from the state. You'd have to increase that by $1,600 per student for today's formula to same, have the same purchasing power that it did back in 1990-91. Now, just think about that if you were to you know, extrapolate that to your own personal perspective, right? So that's the kind of underfunding that we've been facing over the last 30 years. So some of the things that we're going to be advocating for are a strong increase to the formula. Our platform includes 5% increase to the formula in each of the two years of the biennium. It also includes a request to finally tie the per-pupil basic formula to inflation so we don't get this far behind again. And then finally, how many times have we talked about the special education cross-subsidy? These are general fund dollars that school districts pay for what I would argue are morally imperative yet required services for students with disabilities. In Northfield on a 60, some $62 million expenditure budget, $5 million of our general fund goes to paying those unreimbursed special education costs. So something that we're going to heavily advocate the legislature do is fully fund the special education cross-subsidy. In fact, Jeff, if you look across Minnesota, if that one piece, if the special education cross-subsidy was filled, if they, the, the legislature stepped in and did that, it would nearly eliminate the need in many districts for their operating levies. So local taxpayers are filling in this gap. And here in Northville, we've been so lucky. In fact, Craig Popenhagen, our auditor, said this is a district that has incredible local support. So we're very grateful for that. But we need to take that local support and push it to the state because we really need to do some work. We have this opportunity for once in a lifetime to do some structural fixes and how we fund education in Minnesota, and we just can't waste that opportunity. All right. Do you see yourself spending quite a bit of time uh, this uh, legislative session up in St. Paul in the Capitol? You know, I think that has changed. We will certainly, mm-hmm. I will certainly be there at least a few times. Uh, and then, of course, we now have the opportunity to engage our legislators in far more ways. And so mm-hmm. um, phone calls, text messages, you know, things like that. And, of course, being in person is the most important. So I, I anticipate being in St. Paul a little bit this winter. All right. Once again, Superintendent of Schools, uh, Dr. Matt Hillman, is uh, with us. Uh, let's move on. Uh, there's one more thing I want to to uh, talk about. Uh, just to acknowledge that you're you've reached the final four. You're a finalist in the nation. Uh, earlier this fall, you were named the Superintendent of the Year in Minnesota. You went into national. I, I guess not, competition probably is not the right word for that, but uh, nevertheless, you have been selected as a finalist, and that's. Uh, uh, it's got to feel good. It's uh, stunning. <laughs> I, I, it's and, and it's it's very meaningful when you are acknowledged by your peers. You know, of course, in Minnesota, one of the best states in the nation for education. Um, as the in, in the way that I was, it's very meaningful um, because I get to do a job that I sincerely love, and I get to do it in a place where I sincerely love living and working. You know, this is a special place. It's truly an honor to have this role in this community and to be acknowledged for the work that our school district has done uh, is is really important. Of course, I'm proud of being recognized for my leadership, 
Um, but we have an excellent team that you leadership is about it. You can have a great leader, but if you don't have the team to do it right, you're not going to go very far. And so I'm really grateful for all of the partners that we have here in Northfield, our parents, our students, of course, our staff, our teachers, our administrators, um, and all of our community partners. It is, is, it's really been very meaningful and to be uh, in the final four, if you will, uh, in the nation is, is pretty remarkable. So I'm, I'm truly grateful to represent Northfield and Minnesota um, at that event. Well, we want to thank you for uh, uh, being so cooperative with the media, for one thing, and also just doing a great job. You know, as a citizen Thanks. of Northfield, thank you very much. Well, we do what we can. Anything else you'd like to mention while we have you on? Just I, I hope everyone has a great and safe New Year's, and uh, I hope our students enjoy their last few days of winter break because we got some work for you coming next week. <laughs> Get ready for it, but enjoy yourself for a couple more days. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman.